We are rolling. Thank you for listening. My name is Tom, and you are listening to Abroad Madness. And here we go with the continuation of the last episode. Because like one of the topic, one of the things that when we, me and Eva, we were talking about, is we didn't. I didn't know that there was so much scholarships available for traveling, like going abroad to study. And that's like why I ended up using my own parents' money. Good thing for me is like my parents started planning for me to study abroad when I was a really, really, like really young kid. So I had the opportunity. But for people who don't have that opportunity, they just have to study hard and then like get those scholarships, which are like it's definitely hard. But then it's not impossible for some like some cases. Wait, so you went to study? You just thought that you don't. You wait. You just, that was a very long story. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I love it. You just said that when you chose like a university or when you chose your path to go into university, you said that you just chose the things that you don't want to do, which is not speak Chinese. Is that? No, correct? I didn't. I didn't want to stop. Speaking oh yeah, Chinese. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, you you said that you don't. You didn't want to stop speaking Chinese. So, can you not speak Chinese? And because, like, you know, from my perspective. Me going back to Malaysia, I speak more Chinese than I do in like in Japan, which makes sense because Jap- Japan mm-hmm. is like a very Japanese-based co- like country. But mm-hmm. why is it that you can't speak more like Jap- like Chinese in Singapore? Because that boggles my mind. Like, I mean, I know that Singaporeans are really good in English, but I thought like at least some people do speak Chinese. At least the older generation do. But Or, the working language is English. So like zero, almost near to. I mean, zero? not zero, but like all your classes are going to be in English. Okay. Unless you're taking a language class, or unless you're learning about, say, like Malay literature or like Chinese literature, then mm. you use the language. But if you're doing, say, like geography, math, everything's in English. Unless I I wanted in unless I had chosen to study Chinese literature in Singapore, mm-hmm. or like translation or something like that, I would have. Done my degree in English, written my papers in English, most worked mostly English. So As compared to China, where I did all these things in Chinese. It's actually quite interesting because for me, I rather to do everything in English, because it's English is much more. Com- I'm much more comfortable in writing English and everything, so it's actually kind of mind blowing to see that there are people who want to do this, all of this in Chinese, even though like you know, you're very. Comfortable with English too. I mean, but how to say? Like Japanese is oh, no, it's kind of a, a third or fourth. It's like a third or fourth language to you, right? You encountered it yeah. after, after Chinese and and Bahasa Malaysia and also English. But then, right? The, so the, yeah, right. So for you, like Japanese is like your your fourth ranked language. Chinese is maybe like your second ranked language yeah. or third ranked language. I mean, I mean, like Chinese is definitely my mother tongue. So. Uh-huh. I speak English better than my Chinese. I don't、mm-hmm. know why, but then I definitely I feel. I mean, I also don't know why, but I definitely feel more comfortable speaking in Chinese. Like not like the China Chinese, like you know, with all the accents and everything. That's stressful. That's like tiring, for me. But then if I have like my, I speak in my own Chinese like accent, like from Malaysia. That's like very relaxing. I can just like. Cause I can just like say whatever I want. It's very, it's very nice. Like you know, like I realized that like being able to speak your own language with your own accent, and then have people respond, like you know, 
very quickly, it's actually a blessing because you don't get that. I mean, that's why Singaporeans and Malaysians take each other yeah. out overseas. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, because you feel very at home. If de- you yeah. definitely feel very at home. It's like, oh, yes, okay, I don't have to like suddenly like pretend to be so... I mean, I'm... I guess this is a pretend, like I'm pretending to have an accent, but it's like, oh, suddenly I don't have to like try so hard. I can just like relax and just like talk shit. Like I can just turn mm-hmm. on that switch of like, oh, I have to be international. So that for you me is You don't have to nice. worry if the person you're speaking to understands or yes. can follow you or not. Yes. 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 It's and, so nice. And if, if you're speaking like to like, um, between like say like Chinese Singaporeans and Chinese Malaysians, yeah. you can even mix like yeah. half English and half Chinese. Yeah. I, yeah, I so like definitely. yeah, especially if you're bilingual, you tend to think in different languages for different things, right? So you don't have to translate it into one language. Yes, so like oh yeah. my god, I'm so like yes, it's so true because when you're talking, I mean, I work in Japan right now, so like when you're in like your company and you're talking to like all your seniors and everyone, you just have to speak all like all Japanese. So there are sometimes when I don't understand like or I just cannot think up of that one Japanese word. I just use like the katakana. I just like, for example, like uh, I forgot how to say pencil in Japanese. Pencil is empitsu, by the way. So I yeah. forgot how to say that. I'll be like, oh, pencil. <laughs> like, oh, can you please like uh, pen, uh, pencil kashitekuremasenka, like kind of like that. But then... Did they get it? Sometimes, yes, because katakana is like quite used. Like it's actually more used recently. So... Mm-hmm. Definitely people do get it, but then they they stop. Like, they were like, oh, okay. Like, kind of like, you know, you have like that uh, yeah, moment. Yeah, I can see that. I can, yeah, yeah, the reaction. So, yeah. but then if you're in Malaysia and then you just like, you know, you mix English, Japanese, English, Chinese, and also Malay, it's, it feels natural for me. But then now I have definitely, I, f- I feel more at home with people who also went to Japan. So mm-hmm. kind of like I, I would be speaking Chinese, English and also sometimes mixing a little bit of Japanese because Japan has been such an important, like Japan played such an important part of my life, like my adult life basically. So like it would be weird for me to like not have like that habit of like saying those Japanese words, kind of like, you know, itai or like mendoksai. Yes. Like, I, I actually yeah. get what you mean because so actually one of the things I've been worrying about after returning to Singapore from Japan so I was in Japan for about a year eight months yeah. ten months yeah. right and I started learning Japanese only in Japan so it's not like I can speak like perfect Japanese it's often broken too bland or cringy <laughs> <laughs> but after I return from Japan sometimes things just like occur to me in like Japanese yes. somehow I think different languages are like better expressing different things yes definitely right so sometimes the word will just occur to me in Japanese and then I want to say it in Japanese but then I feel like oh wait if I do this will people think I'm a weep yeah <laughs> think I'm a weirdo I'm, do they think I'm just trying to be pretentious you know you're so, like no I've I, been in Japan really for a year even though I mean I was only there for a year and you've been in Japan for like what six seven years I think this is my eight. Eight eight years. Yeah. So I I get what you mean. I, I mean I think it's not just about the language. I think Japan itself, because its culture is so strong. Yes. I have to say that when I left Japan to return to Singapore, 
I felt like I was going to a different world. I feel like Japan was like a world by itself. Yes. And then when I left Japan, it was just completely different. Yeah. It felt so, so weird. Like, I mean, just going going back home mm. to Malaysia. It, I have, like, I mean, I talked about it in like a few episodes before too. It's so, like, you receive such a reverse culture shock to the point where it's like, Yes, oh, yes. Okay. And also Malaysia definitely changed so much in this past few years. Like I still now have never used Uber on like what Grab. Oh, I get what you mean. But for me it wasn't when I went to Japan. It was when I went to China. Oh. Because um it just so happened that when I left for China in 2017, I think, uh yeah. Singapore was just starting to roll out like e-payment, like oh, paying with your yeah, phone. Yeah with all the banks and I left before like all these things were commonplace so even though these things were, were common in China it's common to pay with your phone in China but when I came back to Singapore I just kept using cash and my friends were all using their phones to pay I was like what is this thing <laughs> yeah I get so, what you mean yeah so I I, uh, I get what you mean as well <laughs> it, it felt like kind of like we were left behind mm. like by the times like you know we our time back i mean for you now you definitely you're now right in you're right now in singapore even though it's like kind of lockdown but at least you are living there you're kind of getting a constant accustomed yes, to the living yes. right now but then for me i've never really ever since graduating high school i've never stayed in malaysia for longer than i guess two months exactly if if not for the pandemic i yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't be in Singapore for so long, I think. Right. Because, um, so because of the pandemic, I spent the last year in Singapore. Mm-hmm. The, this last year was supposed to be spent in China and my <laughs> university. But because of that, like, I kind of went back to my high school years, you know, staying in the same room, studying in the same room, you know, waking up, doing lessons. So it was quite strange. Mm. You know, like, going back to a part of your past in a way reliving it but you're a different person yeah no I, I mean I definitely get you I get you like it felt yeah. it, it feels strange it's kind of like because I had this like one situation before where I because my Japanese language school is in Tokyo so whenever I go to, to go to Tokyo because they, they have their door open to everyone so mm. obviously no one goes in there because they don't know what kind of what sort of building is this so, but I know what it is. So I just walked in there and I just go to their, I just go Cash to their, room. yeah, no, I just go to the cafeteria and just sit there because like maybe I don't want to spend two, like 500 yen on a co- coffee so that I can stay in this cafe for like four hours and I also use their Wi-Fi. So I just like would go into my uh, Japanese language school, just sit in the cafeteria and just like use their uh, Wi-Fi for four hours and then proceed to do my, like my, I meet up someone or something. But for the first time or the first few times I went back, it felt so strange to be back. It's like I was a different person back then. Like it, it felt it's literally it feels like exactly what you just said. It's like, oh, I'm kind of not supposed to be here, but I'm here. And I'm also not the same person, but I am the same person. But then like exactly. si- the situation has changed. Everyone who are there are also different. So it felt yeah. so weird me i i think it has something to do with um what you think you're supposed to be doing or like your sense of identity in a way yeah like for me while i was a university student my home university was peking university in china yeah so 
I'm supposed to be in China now. <laughs> so in Singapore, I feel like I'm in transit. And because I feel like I'm in transit, it doesn't feel like I'm as deeply rooted in the country as I used to be. Mm. And I feel kind of like adrift. Yeah. And so there's a very um straight there was a very strange experience I had. I actually went to Korea for summer school. So I flew so there was this summer in in my second year of university in China where I flew from Beijing to Seoul. Oh. And then after the program ended, I had to fly back to Beijing before I could go back to Singapore. After summer school in Korea, I went back to Beijing just for one night because the program I was on paid for Again, this program paid for <laughs> airplane tickets, but you had to travel between China and Korea, so I had to go back to Beijing, and I was only there for one night. But I already be, like cleared out my dormitory room, mm. so I snuck into my friend's dormitory room <laughs> using a key, and then I had to like avoid the guards and not get caught. <laughs> and it just felt so strange because it was the same, you know, um, like dormitory complex that I'd been in for like one and a half years, but. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. How could a place that was so familiar suddenly seem so strange? And after that experience, I just I kind of realized that I I think whether or not I feel like I should be somewhere is tied to what I feel I should be doing. Mm. If I feel like I should be a student here, then I will feel natural in that place. If I feel like I'm not supposed to be here, I don't have anything to do. You know, when you're back home for the holidays, yeah, some of your friends are like interning or working, yes. and they have things to do, yes, other than meet you. But the only thing you can do is stay at home and or go them. and meet your friends. Yes, you feel like what? What am I supposed to be doing here? Right, <laughs> I know. Yeah, because when I went back, uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I don't go back to Malaysia so often. Because one of all, it's like, I mean, it's it's money. It costs money to go back to Malaysia to just do nothing there. Mm-hmm. So why not just do nothing and stay in Japan? So that was like mm-hmm. a lot of the exactly. Like, a lot of times I just did that because for my first year I went back home and then, I mean obviously I think my mom, my parents would loved it if I went back home and like really thinking back now I wish I went back home more because I know like now I back then I can take like a a month or two months worth of break and just like you know do nothing. But now I can, like, even if I manage to go back to Malaysia after the pandemic, it would only be, like, at most four days or something. Because I'm oh, working. Not right even, now. like, not yeah, even it's a not week. Even a week. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. But, I mean, this is how it is. Yeah, but then, back then, when I went, like, for the first year when I went back home, it was just when I was in university first year, I literally went back and I just... There was like one day I was lying on the floor looking at the fan. And I was like, I could be doing this in Japan too. Like there's no point in me coming back. Because as you said, back then everyone was doing either the university. So everyone's not around because I went back for mm-hmm. summer holiday. And in Malaysia, there's no summer holiday. <laughs> Maybe there's some break. Because yeah. different universities in different parts of the world have different like academic calendars. Yes. So it might be holiday in Japan, but it's not holiday in like Malaysia, Malaysia. or Singapore. Yeah. So, so just as you started your holidays, your your friends back home have just started a new semester. Yes, and so they're not in. They're not in like your your hometown, and then also like your parents are gonna be busy, but then yes, because they have work. Yeah, because like you know back back when you were in high school. It's either like both of us are gonna be busy. They have work. I have you know. I have school. So yeah. I would go to school. They would go to work. And then when we come back, we will like you know spend time. That's it. But then now it's like kind of reverse. You're on summer break. So when you go back, 
it's kind of like your job to just rest and not do shit. But then you kind of feel weird that you came back home, but then like you came back home to meet your parents, but then your parents have to work. So you're at home exactly. alone and just doing nothing. And it's just like, why am I even here? Like you, I start question, like literally question, why am I here? So that's why like, I think I didn't go back home. Uh, the first time I went back, I think I waited around two years to go back mm-hmm. home. And then before that, I just like kind of stayed in Japan and just hang out with all the foreigners. It, I mean, it's fun, definitely. But yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like we don't think that, like, you know, meeting friends or meeting family is important. It's just that sometimes when you go over, you can't even meet your friends that often. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you're just stuck in your house alone. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like I, I wasted, not wasted, obviously. It's like I spent like a few, like a, a few bucks to go from Japan to Malaysia I even took like the plane I even took like the bus and everything and to just like go back to Malaysia to just do nothing I mean obviously I can eat in Malaysia like gain weight that's I mean that's like the only thing I can do just go back home gain weight come back to Japan and then try and lose it again that's that's the whole cycle but I mean you mentioned that you you kind of wish you had gone back more now that you started working in Japan right yeah but I think back then the reason why we were we didn't feel like there was a need to go back home during the holidays might also have been because we always thought we would go back someday anytime when you know our term is over or school is over uh, no. like for me that was what I thought uh, I thought you know no. since I'm going to go back to Singapore anyway I, I might as well just spend more time overseas you know uh, no for me yeah. no actually I just like I just was thinking about very economical stuff I was like nah just going back home is just a waste of money that was what I was mm. thinking I I wasn't I was living off of my parents so for sometimes I didn't really use I didn't really do any part-time jobs so I was like eh it's fine and then even though I did get like scholarships like for my third and fourth year yeah I spent it on going to Europe <laughs> I, I mean I could have spent it on going back to Malaysia but I was like yeah I'm an architecture student I should go to Rome at, at least once and just tell people yes. I have been to Rome for like at least once, so yeah. The excuses we find for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It was good. I, I enjoyed the whole trip. It was definitely very... Uh, it was a lot of money. I think it was around... Gojumayen, which is around 500k Japanese yen. Everything. I can do the conversion. I'm I, bad I, at math. Two months. I think it would be for 5,000. You mm. 5,001. I'm just taking like... One 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 hundred yen to one one Singaporean dollar, so I think it would be fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. I don't know. I, 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 we're not doing the conversion. Just never, it's just a lot of math. money. It's just a lot no of money. Math. Yeah, it's just a lot of money. But I definitely did not regret it though. This episode is getting a little bit too long, so I'm just gonna cut it here. As always, thank you for listening. My name is Tom. This is Abroad Madness, and we'll see you next episode. Bye bye.